Hello friends and welcome to the latest Kings of Anglia podcast. My name is Mark Heath, I'm your host as ever. I hope you're fit and firing ahead of Super Saturday this weekend. One man who is always fit and firing is Andy Warren Hutch Hogan. How are you my friend? Super Saturday is the most cringy naming of something ever. I really, I, It really makes me shudder when it gets called Super Saturday. It's gonna, yeah. it's gonna, it's gonna kick off, isn't it? And it's gonna set us back. One imagines. Um, will you be rushing out to a pub? Uh, I'm not a massive pub goer, to be fair. I, I certainly, I won't be going on. I won't be going on Saturday. Uh, probably not. No, but it's good that things are opening again. Hopefully, absolutely. It's Hutchie. I'm worried. You know the, uh, you know that rash I told you about. That I sent you a picture of. You said it was wholly inappropriate. Um. It's getting, yeah. wor- it's getting worse. If oh. only, if only oh. there was a doctor in the house. Is there a doctor in the house? Hello. Yes. Stuart Watson's back and he's making house calls, Mother Chuffer. Stewie, how are you? You're back from furlough. It is amazing to have you back on the pod. How have things been? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Yes, not too bad. Um, I've just worked it out. I think I've been off for 74 days. Uh, 10 weeks uh, there's been highs and lows but uh, it's, it's good to be back with you gents it's great to have you back Hutch are you happy to have your wingman back yep yep <laughs> yeah yeah I honestly I do not know how we've not had more complaints about people being bored with you and I just talking yeah. on this um, people must have had enough of just us so if only just for that reason, it's great to great to have the, the young man back. It's lovely. Absolutely. Um, and today's pod will mostly be, will be very heavy on, on Dr. Watson. Unfortunately, Stu, it's very good of you to bring back some breaking news with you, sorting out with town, because we can. it means we can dive straight into news. Luke Wolfenden has just signed a new four-year deal just before he came on air, as it were. So, Stu, let's start with you. Your reaction, please. Very good news. Very, very good news. One of few bright spots in last season. Um, Flynn Downs would have been player of the year by a country mile, but Luke Wolfenden wouldn't have been too far behind. Um, he's an Ipswich boy. He's a Chantry boy. Um, there's room for improvement there, and that excites me that we still haven't seen the, the best of him. And I think uh, he's, he's a confident young man. He's a He's a Modern day centre back. There's there's big room for improvement, and uh, to get him tied down to a new deal is um, is some good news. Hachi, yeah, it is it's very good news. Ne- the next bit of good news with Luke is that he needs to needs to take the vacant number six shirt for <laughs> next for next season. That's the next progression for him. But yeah, it's it's really good. Um, it's not going to stop teams being linked with him. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, but what it does mean is that there's a commitment there from Luke, who uh, who sees who sees a future for himself at Ipswich in the short term, at very least, and hopefully for the long term as well. I agree with Stu. Um, really promising year. Got to remember that that was his first year of League One football, his breakthrough year at Ipswich. Really, he, a handful of appearances in the two prior seasons before loan moves elsewhere. He slowly worked up the leagues. Um, and there is room for improvement, and that that is exciting because he he was one of few players who nailed down a a regular starting spot last season. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's no, it's really exciting and really good news for the club. 
So Luke is now the longest contracted player at town, four-year deal. Um, Stewie, fortuitously, earlier this week, we ran an interview you did with Luke before this all kicked off. Um, and you sat down with him and had a good chat. For those who, obviously, most of the people listening to this won't have met him, what's he like? He, he referred to himself as a space cadet. Um, he's he's confident, but borderline arrogant, I would say, but just about sort of treads treads that quite nicely. He's got a good good way about him in 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 that respect. Um, you know, I think back to Paul Hurst's first summer in charge, and I remember um, him being interviewed. Was it the, no? It was last summer. He was interviewed by the club over in Germany, but they were referring back to the previous summer, and he was saying that he was. He felt he was ready to go under under Paul Hurst, and and he was deadly serious about that. And in came Janoi Danassian right on the eve of the season, and and got thrown straight into the team. I think ahead of him, and and that hurt him. And he obviously ended up going out on loan to Swindon. And but he believes in himself. He he believes in himself, and that's that's a big asset to have. Um, so that's why I say you know staying grounded and staying focused will be a big thing for him. I, I don't think that that will be a problem. Um, I think that sort of He's very laid back, super laid back. I mean, you, you, Chambers has talked about needing to put jump leads on him at times. Lambert's talked about, um, you know, again, sort of needed, needing to sort of get him going. You, you know, he's so horizontal. But um, I think that that helps him, in, particularly with the way he plays, that he's very calm on the ball, not rushed in possession. Off the pitch, I think it's helped him with, you know, transfer speculation. Sheffield United, obviously, was, was a club that came up last year. So hopefully that that those sort of personality attributes can can aid him in his progress uh, in the years to come. If you've not read that, go back and read it. What, what I think my favourite part in it, Stewie, was when you talked about social media and him being a bit of a stalker, <laughs> and he ref, he referenced Hutchie sharing the tweet with the Tranmere fan who said he was going to leg him, um, which I thought <laughs> I thought was great, it's fantastic. We should stress, of course, obviously, although he signed a new deal, that doesn't necessarily mean he's not going anywhere. It, um, in theory, it just increases his value. In the transfer market, as, as the boys have already said, he's been linked with a lot of clubs already. Sheffield United, probably chief amongst them. So we'll have to watch this space. But it is definitely good news um, that Lucas signed a new deal. The other, of course, piece of good news happened yesterday. Hutch, it was a big day for you. You're a kits man. And Ipswich Town's new home kit for next season, whenever the hell that might start, was released. Your thoughts, please. New, new kit day is only second uh, to squad number day. On, on the on my off season depth chart of exciting days, uh, I absolutely love it. Um, squad, but squad number day is is always the big dog. But yeah, the new new kit. Um, yeah, it's it's good, isn't it? It's nice. Um, I, I think it's good to mark such a special season as the the eighty eighty one season, which um, obviously they won the UEFA Cup at the end of that. Uh, arguably the greatest season in the the club's history should have won the league as well, really. Um, but yeah, interesting. The yellow badge back for one year um, makes that kit because otherwise it's a it's a it's a simple design similar to the one worn in that season. But um, yeah, it's nice and it looks so much better with with the Carers Trust logo on the front than the Magical Vegas one as well. Yeah, I'd worked myself into a frenzy as regular listeners would know. I was convinced it was going to be pinstripes, and then. Friend of the show, Daryl, uh, number one, suggested that maybe those pinstripes could even spell out player names, a la Conor McGregor and his famous fuck you suit. Um, so then I decided that was definitely going to happen. 
So when it was finally unveiled yesterday, I must admit I was a little bit underwhelmed. It is, as you say, a very simple design. The badge is nice and the, and the Bobby Robson quote, obviously, in the back of the shirt is nice as well. Stewie, what did you make of it? Do you like it? Like it, yeah. Clean, simple. Um, the badge, I really like. Uh, I don't know how town fans feel about this. I feel like too much red has crept into the kit in recent years. I don't know why, but historically the badge was was that colour and I, I know yellow gets gets the people going, um, Ipswich fans, but I've said before, you know, Ipswich historically have had yellow away kits with plenty of blue trim and I, I think blue and yellow works together really nicely as, as a combo, um, as long as there's no green in sight in combination. Not a problem for me, so um, yeah, like it. And we have to do we have to give a bit of praise to Magical Vegas as well, don't we? You know, that was yeah, a car crash of a logo when they first came along. And yes, I know it's online gambling, and you can have your own sort of ethical debates about their involvement in uh, across football, but you know, they've listened, they changed the logo to white last season, they've now stepped aside and and allowed the Carers Trust to be put on there. I think um, they deserve a bit of praise. Absolutely. Um, we should also shout out one of the, the Carey Army, Jason Milton, who has long campaigned for the badge to return to, to what it's going to be next season, the yellow badge. He was very happy yesterday, even though it's going to be obviously one season only. But I'm sure the club bended to your pressure, Jason. Fantastic stuff. The other thing I always wonder is, um, obviously, they the, sh- the shorts go out there, but why why do they put the, the shorts on sale as well? Whoever Because whoever, no one buys a full kit, right? No one goes out and buys a full kit. Does anyone just go out and buy shorts? Does that happen? Yes. Does it? Yeah. Who? Football fans. J- just the shorts. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon. I've bought I've bought football shorts before. Standalone shorts, obviously, because you can't buy you can't be a full kit wanker, can you? No one does that. No one buys the whole thing unless maybe you're a you're a little kid or something. But yeah, I've never bought a pair of football shorts in my life, whereas I've bought tens of football shirts. But then I'm I am what. I'm with you on that one, Mark. I don't understand why an adult would buy the shorts because how much? How much are a pair of official football shorts retailing for? Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. They they are twenty five pounds. These ones don't don't yeah. get me wrong. They're too expensive. But I'm I'm probably more likely these days to wear shorts than I am a football I, shirt. If I'm honest, I thought I thought you were going to say a top. Then I just had an image of you wandering around your house. So, uh, so what no. you're saying is you get to a stage in life where you go, I'm too I'm too grown up to buy a football shirt. I don't feel I can wear a football shirt out and about, but I can wear shorts. So there's a natural sort of progression, is there, that instead of buying replica shirts, you get shorts instead. That, that's what I found. I'm current, I, I didn't buy these, but I'm currently wearing the shorts that I was given and wore for the kit launch game last season. I'm currently wearing those. I bought a pair of, uh, I went to Bilbao last year and went and just popped into the football stadium and came out with a pair of pair of shorts. Um, well, what other shorts have I got? I've got a pair of Swindon Town shorts. They're not, got... pra- they're not practical though, are they? There's no pockets in them. You can't wear them around the house. You've got nothing to put your, your stuff yeah, in. Yeah, but wear them, wear them in the gym or if you go out cycling. Um, I don't need pockets in the house. Um yeah, I'll be honest. I would not. I wouldn't be paying twenty five pounds for them. Certainly, they they would be a purchase when they've come into the into the sale potentially. Yeah. So I probably wouldn't buy them um, at the time. 
if that makes sense. I wouldn't buy. I wouldn't be rushing out to buy them when they're released. But when yeah. they get when they get into the ten pound range, um, definitely, definitely pick up some shorts. Wait for the discount range. That's yeah. handy. Yeah. Now, let us know obviously what you think about the kit. We've got some people coming up later on who, who are going to talk about the kit on the mailbag, the Stuart Watson mailbag. We're calling it today, and are Stewie. We? We are, we are indeed. And Stewie, obviously, you've been on furlough for two and a half months, seventy-four days. Did you say you've been? You've been ten, ten weeks, yeah. Ten, ten weeks. Um, so before we get into other stuff, um, obviously, while you've been off, you've been, you've been still getting paid. Um, so I'm sure you've been, as a responsible journalist, 80%, you've been. Eighty percent. I need yeah. to clarify that. Eighty percent, yeah. Um, but while you've been off, you. I'd imagine as a responsible journalist, you've been reading everything we've done, listening to every single podcast that me and Hutchie have recorded while we keep the bed warm for you for your return today. So we thought it might be interesting just to give you a little test, a little test to see if you've been following the news, which Hutchie, my right-hand man, has prepared. So Hutchie, over to you. You are the quiz master. We're going to do this very quickly. Sorry, mate. Are these based on the podcasts? No, be a, no, okay, good. no, because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to embarrass you and bring the show into disrepute. Yeah, because I know for, I know for a fact you haven't been listening it every single week. <laughs> There's a reason you weren't at work, and that was to get a break, in part from from our voices. So why would you <laughs> listen to a podcast? Um, yeah, they're all they're all about the very limited amount of Ipswich Town news that have, uh, has happened over those ten weeks. So, uh, are you ready? Yeah, go for it. Um, let's do this very quickly. Where did Ipswich finish in the League One table? 11th. Correct. Which player is new teenage signing Ross Crane being compared to by Berry Town boss Ben Chenery? Jack Lancaster. Correct. Which academy youngster signed a new long-term deal on May the 20th? Academy youngster. Oh. I don't know. Missed that one. Uh -uh. Armando Dobra. Oh, of course. Uh, which three first team players were released at the end of their contracts yesterday? Will Keane. Yes. Danny Danny Rowe. Yes. And ah! Jordan Roberts. Correct. <laughs> three out three out of four. Uh, yeah. which which team knocked Ipswich out of the virtual football manager cup? Oh. You're allowed uh, to say you don't care. Yeah, whatever. Uh, the answer was Luton. Oh, uh, I just yeah, I would have got that actually. If you'd have given me two more seconds, go on. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you that. Four out of five. What is the name of Town's new ticketing partner? Don't this, care. This is how little news there's been that this has made it into the quiz. Seat Geek. Okay. Four out of six. How long is Cole Scuse's new Ipswich Town contract? Two years, one year with one an op- year. With, with an option. Uh, four out of seven. Do you know who Luke Garbutt is? <laughs> uh, yes. More. Good. Correct. Uh, who is the town's shirt sponsor for next season? Carers Trust. Ding ding ding. And which four teams are about to compete in the League One playoffs? Clue: Not Ipswich. Uh. Fleetwood, Wickham, Portsmouth, and who have I missed? 
That's for you to say, not me. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone blank now. This is how much I've switched off from football. Not Sunderland. Not Peterborough. Um, Come on, it's got, be a t- it's got to be a time limit here. Didn't yeah, we clue? No. Uh, you're, you're, <laughs> uh, uh, it rained when we went there. Uh, Oxford. Oxford. You're not getting a point, but you've uh, there you go. Six out of ten for your little quiz. Thank which is, you. Which is all right. It's okay. What happened it's... to your little Friday night quizzes, by the way? I enjoyed those. What? Sorry. Your your quizzes. <laughs> I've been doing them every week. Where have you been? Oh, okay. Uh, no, that was a that was a one and done. It was far too good. Yeah. We couldn't. Um, we couldn't. We couldn't sustain it. Before we get to mailbag, we should mention you touched on the League One playoffs there. We obviously know who's going to be joining town in, in League One next season from the other direction due to the playoffs on Monday. Northampton Town, boys. And that was that was a great result for you, was it not? You must have been celebrating that because Northampton is much, 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 much closer than Exeter for a road trip next season. Yeah, we we exchanged a few text messages of um, celebration, didn't we? In which I pointed out that what well, Exeter's about five hours, Northampton's what two. So yeah. that is that is a saving of a six-hour round saving. That is, which is borderline sort of getting an extra day's holiday if you start to look at it that way. Yeah. Um, you have to provide Archon with 10 years service to get an extra day's holiday. So um, all we had to do was uh, X to lose a playoff final. So um, very happy with that. Very happy. I feel a bit sorry for X too, because what is that, three playoff finals in four that yeah. they've lost? Yeah. That's heartbreak. That's not, I mean, it, it, at least with Ipswich, it was playoff semis. Imagine getting to the final every time and losing. That, that's, yeah. um, that's heartache. But um, yeah. hey ho. We get to go to Northampton. <laughs> and also, obviously, Paul Anderson, formerly of this parish, will return with Northampton. Luke Chambers, reunited with one of his former teams. Boys, who do we want? I'm assuming in terms of exiting League One in the other direction, playoff-wise, you, you're rooting for Joey Barton's boys, aren't you? Um, yeah. yeah. I, we, I've, we've been to Fleetwood now. That's that's happened. Um, yeah. That's that's done, and it's far as well. It is far, very far. The furthest trip last season, I think that was. So fingers crossed, Joey's boys get promoted. Right then, mailbag time. Hutchie, do you want to do the honours? I think Stu should sing it. Go on, Stu. <clears throat> mailbag, mailbag. It's time for Mark, Andy, and Stu to go dipping in the mailbag. Yes, that was beautiful, Stu. You got you got some some sass in that voice there. Fantastic. Um, can I just say, Stu, when you when you you shared the mailbag tweet yesterday and said time to get back to work, etc. I, I particularly enjoyed the first response was "When's Evan selling?" I thought <laughs> just yeah. just as if you've never Welcome just back. as if just as if you've never been away. <laughs> um, a few messages first of all of "Welcome back, Martin Die." Welcome back to the doctor. Get in. Ollie Fine Gold, not a question. I'd just like to say a big welcome back to the doctor. Welcome back, Stu, um, and, and several others, which I'll I'll get to in a minute. Um, let's start first of all, though, with Kevin, who says, "Have we got any idea of season ticket sales as of yet?" 
Um, he says, I love the new kit. Also, is September with fans realistic? We should mention that's the other thing we've probably missed out in terms of news. The, the, the mooted start date for the League One season or the EFL season is September 12th. Um, that's what they're apparently working to. There's an, another EFL meeting this week at some point to talk about that. Um, and there's also a suggestion that that may see some fans allowed back into the stadium. Um, obviously, depending on social distancing and how the, uh, the the COVID stuff is going on at that point. So, shall we start with that, boys? Do you reckon, first of all, September 12th, realistic? And, and can you see fans returning? I think uh, it has to be realistic when you consider that various leagues across Europe, including the two above Ips, which are already playing. So we've seen that it's, it's doable, um, unless there is, you know, a second spike with the COVID that kind of stops all football being played. So it is doable. It's just whether there's an appetite among the League One clubs to actually get going again. Um, and once again, we're going to be back to that same situation where there's going to be different agendas throughout the division um, because some clubs will be able to manage with empty stadiums or half empty stadiums financially. Others will will take the view that they'd rather go kind of into a prolonged period of hibernation and, and only start again when they can actually get punters coming through the gates. So um, we might find ourselves in a bit of a deadlock where we're back to this sort of tiresome EFL meeting after EFL meeting and, you know, put your ideas forward and we'll go to a vote where the EFL is too, too scared to actually make a decision because of legal ramifications. And we've been through that process once already. And, and I really hope they show a bit more leadership and just kind of make a decision and, and everyone has to go with it this time. There's, def- there's definitely a very real, real feeling in a lot, a large amount of League Two and, and League One clubs that they would prefer to wait until January. Very much so. So it isn't going to be a plain, a plain sale back to, back to the middle of September by any means. I think a lot of it is going to come down to testing, um, whether that large scale testing is required still. Which, <clears throat> it, it, at obviously at the moment for for the. Premier League and the Championship, those players are all being tested twice a week. Um, if in two and a half months' time that isn't necessarily a requirement um, to enable people to play football, then that would that would change things. Um, and then obviously, yeah, crowds in stadiums is a massive factor as well. But you've got to bear in mind as well that, yeah, it would be great to be able to get crowds back. I think maybe fifty percent crowds is a is a a little ambitious by the sounds of things potentially, but from an Ipswich perspective, you would think they're be- better placed than most to be able to sort of manage social distancing in Portman Road. But on the other side of it, while they are keen to get back and play, a crowd of five thousand at Portman Road, for example, which which is probably that that's fifteen percent capacity, a crowd of five thousand in there would be would be a loss making exercise for the club in terms of actually opening up the stadium and um and match day costs and that kind of thing. So it's it's a difficult one. Um I think we're yeah, like Stu said, I think we're in for a similar period to what we've had cancelling the ste- the season in terms of the discussion going round and round um before a date is finally landed upon. I imagine, I mean, for a club like Ipswich, they'll be able to make some, get some money back, not 
not all of the money, but through iFollow services, which Ipswich proved very popular for Ipswich in League One last season. Obviously, they were able to show more games because there was more midweek games. And, um, you know, so a £10 a pop for, for those games claws back a little bit of money, whereas I imagine other clubs that aren't as well supported don't get anywhere near that sort of money back through iFollow. Um, my fear is, and I, and I get why clubs want to wait till they can get fans back in because the lower down the pyramid you go, the gate receipts become more and more important. Um, the higher you go, it's all based on, on TV. As we know, Premier League clubs could afford to play in front of empty stands and it, it doesn't really make a, you know, gate receipts are a drop in the ocean really. But there's got to be a fear from these lower league clubs that if you get too far out of sync with the Premier League and the Championship, that there becomes almost a natural split. Although the EFL's meant to represent 71 clubs now, um, you know, the, the fear is that there then becomes a natural split between the top two divisions and the bottom two divisions. And there's already been talk about sort of regionalising those two and Ipswich at the very worst moment become sort of the wrong side of that line and and that's a concern and I'm sure that the likes of Ipswich and other bigger clubs inverted commas in League One that have got ambitions of, of becoming sustainable at a higher level Sunderland Portsmouth the clubs that have just come that have just come down will hopefully sort of band together and I'm sure legally they will they will kind of um, put pressure on to make sure that that doesn't happen, that this doesn't drift away for too long. And and the other fear, of course, is that people just get out of habit of going. You know, if you're talking about January, you're talking the best part of a year with people not going to football matches and people will find other ways of, of spending their time. People always talk about, but I think it happened in baseball in America. There was a, a strike for a, a season and there were stats to show that the sport really, really struggled for sort of years afterwards because people got out of the habit of going and did and did other things. So, that has to be a concern as well. Mm. And, and Kevin also asked about season tickets. Um, do you know any idea how many season tickets have been sold, Hutchie? Uh, not an exact number at this stage, but there were there were twelve thousand the year before, and I know I know the majority have have review, renewed for next yeah. season of that. So not an exact number just yet, but um, it's a it's a healthy number. I know they're pleased with it. And obviously, still coming up, one of the uh, the things yet to be decided is the uh, the season ticket refunds are expecting early July. Um, Sindre Eliasson, our Viking friend, wants to know, who's Stu's favourite out of Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris? And would he accept a one-way trip to Mars if he was asked to be one of the founders of a Martian society? I'd definitely go. Um, obviously, Stu, we've talked before that you're, one of your interests is the uh, space, astrology, etc. Um, so, first of all, would you go to Mars? To found a society. Um, depends how how many people are going. Are all my family allowed to go? There's a lot of questions there, isn't it? I can't just willy nilly say yes. I'm signed yeah. up. I'm going to Mars. Um, <laughs> the, the flights at the flights at two. So yeah. if, you could, if you could if you could get no, back. the answer's no. <laughs> if that's if that's the uh, Mars is a bit sort of dusty and lifeless, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, um, it's also, it takes like 10 years to get there, doesn't it? Mars, I think. Yeah. Have you seen The Martian? Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, if you can't even grow potatoes with without a, an awful lot of um, hard work. I thought that was a really overrated film as well. I quite liked it. It was all right. It was but, vaguely um, ridiculous at the end, though, wasn't it? When he was popping his head out of uh, of a, a space capsule on the way to Earth. Well, Did... yeah. D- didn't they replace the top of the spaceship with a tent? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Like that. If that's how you're, if that's how you're getting to Mars as well, I, I am out. Yeah, that seems rather shambolic. Uh, Stu, Richard Dawkins or Sam Harris? Have you got a favourite? I think he's gone. I, I know where this has come from because I think I mentioned once that there was a Dawkins book on my bookshelf behind me. So he's now these are these are prominent atheists that that are being yeah. discussed here. I I haven't consumed a great deal of Sam Harris's work. I know it's all sort of meditation based and um, stuff like that. So. Based on the fact that I've read a Richard Dawkins book, let's go with him. What was it? Was it the God Delusion? His famous one. Yes. Is it good? It's all right. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a militant atheist. Yeah. Um, but I like to read different, try and sort of broaden my horizons by reading different books. So, yes, yeah, worth a read. Excellent. Ben Prickett wants to know for Stu, what was it like sitting at home listening to the show? Obviously, we've established you didn't you didn't listen. You barely listened when you were on it. Uh, knowing you could improve it dramatically if you were brought off the bench, do you think Mark Heath's rotation policy will pay off in the end? Um, I, I don't think I can improve things dramatically. I think that would be uh, massively, massively overselling it. But it's nice to be back. Of course, we now just need Roscoe back uh, and hopefully we can get him back in due course. Jason, the guy who I, I mentioned earlier, the badge promoter, the yellow badge, says, welcome back, Stuart. If we're looking at a September 12th restart, do you know when the club will be bringing the players, coaching teams, etc., back for training? We are talking about this this morning, weren't we? You need to know when the season's going to start because then you work backwards for first day back at training and pre-season and stuff. So I'm assuming there's, there's been no kind of suggestion as to that as yet. Not, not that I've heard. I guess they'll be waiting for that date, but they'll probably have. I don't know how long do they normally to come back for pre-season? Normally <laughs> come back around now, didn't? Don't they? Sort of towards the start of July. Is it now? We'd be sort of June. preparing. They'd have, they'd, have, they'd have been back a week by now. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually the first month, uh, the last Monday in June, isn't it? They come back and then pre-season gets underway July. Uh, Matt Lee, your friend. Stewie, you, you appeared on his podcast, which I've uh, tweeted a link to. Um, he wants to know, what's your favourite and least favourite football cliche? And he says, I love the kit. I'll certainly be spending some of the student loan on it. So cliche, Stewie, what's your favourite and least favourite football cliche? Hmm. I want to see the return of Sick, sick as a Parrot. I want to <laughs> see some old school ones come back into rotation. Yeah, go back to sort of when? When did that die out? I don't know. So I'd like to see those return. Some real old school ones. Um, my least favourite, Martin Keown was really. I've said this before. Martin Keown was really winding me up. Just it, the unnecessary use of "by the way" at the end of um, sentences because um, <laughs> it, it doesn't mean anything. Um, so next time you listen to some Keown commentary, he'll. He'll finish a lot of sentences with, um, by the way. Hachi, have you got favourite and least favourite cliches? I think this cliche probably counts as both in my book. 
I love it when someone talks about a shot being hit too well. If any, <laughs> if any, if anything, he's hit it too well. <laughs> Nonsense. I like, I like that. It, it'd have been better if he just was rubbish and just couldn't connect with the ball properly and uh, scuffed it. Yeah. Um, my my least favourite football cliche, and you hear it all the time, is when a player or manager refers to a team being in and around a position. You can't you can't be in and around a position. That's nonsense. Um, in and around us in the league, that kind of stuff. Stop it. Nonsense. Simon Bartlett, what is the worst hot take slash opinion piece you've published about town or other football clubs, i.e. predicting a player to be a flop but then actually turning out to be a success. Stuart, you're never wrong. So I, I can't imagine you, you've ever done that, have you? I'm all, uh, yeah, there's, there's been plenty of, uh, I'm sure if someone had the time or inclination, there's plenty of stuff that could be dredged up. Um, I, I guess people would say that there was a lot of hype around the, the start of the Hurst era. And I think we all sat here and predicted vastly higher positions uh, in that first season, when when Paul first came in, that that would probably be the the biggest miss in terms of predictions. Hutchie, how about you? Have you ever something stand out for you? Um, I've not been covering Ipswich anywhere near as long as Stu, but I'm yet to be I'm yet to be proved correct or conclusively wrong on um, on Corey and Darba, who I firmly believed believed and still do. That he can, uh, he can really do something for Ipswich, but the signs are that that's probably not going to happen for him. He's uh, he's not making that breakthrough. So I wouldn't say I'm completely wrong just yet, but it's maybe maybe heading that way. Obviously, I'm the same with Drynan. Um I still think you know, obviously, he's going to get a chance at some point, so I can be proved right. Um, and if he goes without being given a chance, then. I'd say all bets are off because he was never given a chance. Anyway, what are your what in particular? Like, what what do you like about Drynan in particular? Um, I, I I like the fact he's Irish. Uh, I like the fact he's a kind of big bustling kind of striker with a delicate, surprisingly good feet for a big man. Um, and I like the fact that uh, obviously when I picked him to be a surprise package, he'd gone on loan to Sutton hours earlier. Um, I think that's probably the main thing I like about him. Um, so there you go. Good Harvey, Harvey Davis, friend of the show. He says, welcome back, Stu. Now we just need Ross Media back for full house. We do indeed. He says, this one may be obvious, but I'm going to ask it anyway. With Marcus Evans in charge, will we ever reach the promised land? Surely it would take unbelievably shrewd recruitment and a lot of luck. I can't ever see it happening. Stewie, Marcus Evans is in charge. With that in mind, are Town ever going to reach the promised land, wherever that may be at the moment? It's just the Championship, but the Premier yeah, we, League, yeah, I guess. I assume the promised land is the Premier League. Yeah. Um, no, Ipswich can't reach the Premier League with Marcus Evans in charge unless there's a complete change to his levels of, of wealth. Um, no, I, I just think it's the game. The finances of the game, at the t- certainly at the top end, have just gone well well beyond him. Anything to add to that, Hutchie? Uh, I think they'll be there in two years. <laughs> no, no, of co- no. Of course, it's it's lightning would need to lightning would need to strike for, and I think they'd need to. Do, I think they would need to do it quickly to get to the Premier League as well. I think it would need to be a Sheffield United 
case or, or a Norwich really from, from the start of the last decade, back-to-back promotions on a crest of a wave, just somehow getting it done. I can't, sadly, what I can't see is Ipswich getting up from League One and then kind of building in, into it, into something on the current, mm. with the current kind of approach to things. Because I just think that too much, too much gets lost where, of of the successful that the good players just just get lost and at the moment it's not being reinvested properly so in terms of building i don't think it can happen the only way i can see it is a, a lightning strike double promotion which is so so unlikely isn't it yeah um so that's a long-winded answer of saying no <laughs> martin f wants to know stewie what's more painful homeschooling or watching ipswich and to what extent does beer assist with both um uh, I would say watching Ipswich has probably been more painful because there's no escape from it at times. Yeah. You know, I, I'm contractually obliged to uh, to have sat through through all of it. Homeschooling, I can just walk away from it or just stop doing it, which um, I think, like a lot of parents, we started off with some very good intentions. Yeah, you know about having a you know a plan to the day and you know limiting screen time and um trying to do some educational stuff but um our standards have uh slipped shall we say um netflix and disney plus has become our friend fair enough i'm sure a lot of parents out there will uh, be able to relate to that harrison smith wants to know Stu. first of all how are you doing he says hope you're keeping well i'm glad to hear your back Stu. Then he asked about the season restarting in September, which obviously we've already discussed. But he also adds, Stu, which uh, me and Hutchie have talked about, but I'd like to hear your views. If we start the season form-wise as we ended last, how long would Lambert be given, do you think? So Town start the season poorly. They don't race out the out the blocks like they did. How much how much longer do you think Lambert will have in that circumstance? Not very long. Um Crikey, they finished. If it was about starting as they finished, well, they finished in relegation form. Um, yeah. I'm slightly concerned by Lambert saying in some of his interviews that, uh, you know, it was two bad months. That seems to be a phrase that he's used a few times. It wasn't two bad months. It goes right back till you take those first 13 games out of the equation. It was relegation form from October onwards. Mm. Um you know, similar sort of points haul as Southend and, and Bolton. So if you were to start that way, then he wouldn't be lasting much further beyond, well, you'd be getting into the sort of sacking season time, which is when sort of no, early November, mm. October, November time. Um, so needs to start well. And that's not, not to say that I'm, I think he shouldn't be in charge again. I've got a lot of thoughts sort of rattling around in my mind about all of this. I'm going to try and maybe write something in, in the next few days, but mm. just about on the balance of things, does he? do I think managers deserve at least two summer transfer windows before they can be truly judged? I, I think so, just about. I think there's just about, you know, the Vincent Young signing, reserve judgment on Norwood because of the injuries. If he can pluck, one or two more signings, and let's just see how how they go. But um, a lot of alarm bells have been ringing about various things over the last few months. There's no doubt about that. 
I love that. The doctor is back and he's back asking himself questions in response to questions. Fantastic, Stewie. Great to have you back with us. Andrew agrees as well. He says, good to have you back, Stu. In a non-football question, which kids' TV show has driven you mad? Do you want to high-five Mr. Tumble in the face with a chair yet? Uh, we've moved on mercifully from Mr. Tumble and um, Bing. Bing can do one. Um, we're very much in the Disney phase at the moment. Obsession with princesses uh, yeah. and everything Disney. Um, this is going to mean nothing to anyone who aren't parents, but there's a there's a program called Doc McStuffins that um, I'm <laughs> sick, sick to the t- sick to the back teeth with. Um, yeah, a lot of Disney stuff. I've learned how to draw Disney princesses. That's been one of my um, furlough achievements. Um, I'll share some of my my sketches with you if you like. Uh, I've been doing those off of YouTube. Um, we had a day where we were due to we had a, a cancelled trip to Disneyland. Paris, which she was, my daughter was gutted about. So we recreated uh, Disneyland in our house where we got a car seat in, and then we you can you can ride the ride sort of virtually on YouTube. Awesome. And so I sat her in her car seat and sort of pretended she was on roller coasters, and um, we did all stuff like that. So um, that was one of one of the sort of peaks of of furlough. That sounds tremendous. Uh, me and Hutchie touched on Disney. Hutchie told me Moana is the way to go. Disney wise, would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Better than Frozen. Frozen, Frozen Two's out on Friday. Is it? Yeah, on Disney, which is a which is a red letter day in our house. (laughs) Um, Nigel G, you'd like sorry, Mark, you'd like Moana because it involves the Rock. I know that's a little rap as well. That's why Hutchie told me. Yeah, the Rock obviously is one of my favourite people. Um, So yeah, I'll be watching that. Nigel G, Stewie, Nigel G. Friend of the show and general NHS hero. <laughs> he says, welcome back to the doctor. You've been missed. That's lovely, Nigel. If you'd gone into journalism, what alternative, if you hadn't gone into journalism, excuse me, what alternative careers would you have wanted to do? He adds, loving the new kit design. It's simple and classy. And in brackets, it's still a carp, Andy. And he attaches um, a link to, to a website proving it is, in fact, a carp. Um, so hopefully we can put that one to bed. It's but a alter- pass. <laughs> Alternative careers then, Stu. What Had you not been a journalist and, and the legendary journalist that you've become, um, what alternative career would you have wanted to do? Uh, I think we've touched on this before in, in things. Um, started off as a young boy wanting to be an astronaut. Uh, <laughs> of course. Plastic, yeah. plastic, as a, as yeah. a real sort of young boy. Yeah. Um, then I went through a phase of wanting to work at Legoland when it didn't exist in this country. I was, you know, I was going to find a way to get to Denmark and be involved in that. Um, I, da- I dabbled with wanting to be a Blue Peter presenter for, <laughs> for a short while. Um, and then and then all things football and um, media and journalism kind of kick- kicked in. I would love to see you presenting Blue Peter. That would be Is Blue Peter still going, by the way? I believe so. Is it? Is the it? Wor- it was the worst, though, wasn't it? It was like more school after school, Blue Peter. But I'd love to see you presenting it. You had, you, for a while there, back in the day, Stu, you had kind of um, TV presenter hair, didn't you, when you put the straighteners on it and stuff? Mm-hmm. So uh, that could have been tremendous. Hutchie, what about you? Um, the only other thing I really wanted to be was a policeman when I was little. Oh, you said this before, haven't you? Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. 
weren't you recently thinking about applying to be a detective? Have I made that up? No, no, I did um, seriously consider it. When they opened this, um, they, there was like a civilian... That's right. C- civilian, um, like, fast-track course yeah. into uh, into being a detective. But I don't think it, it wasn't quite like line-of-duty level stuff. It would have been quite... I think you'd have ended up like doing very localised stuff. But yeah, no, I, I probably would still consider that in the future, maybe. Detective Sergeant Warren. I'd love to see that. What kind of what kind of detective would you be? Would you be like a Columbo kind of shuffling around and always asking one killer question? Or would you be one of these kind of more modern ones and sporting waistcoats and, and flashy clothes? No, I would be I'd be I wouldn't be like that. I would look um I'd be a casual detective. Slightly dishevelled, I think. Are you you smoking cigars? Um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably look like I did. Yeah, I was doing that, but not actually do it. I'd look like like I didn't care about my appearance particularly. Um, I'd like to be undercover. Yes, I'd be, up, I'd be up for that in certain situations. Yeah. Um, You've yeah. got like if they do a TV show about it, you've got that kind of haunted look about you that everyone knows you've had a sort of a a tough life, and it's never you've... quite it's never quite sort of revealed what that is, but it's always kind of just hanging there <laughs> mysteriously. <laughs> you look into the middle distance, yeah. yeah. I can t- I can see Hutchie as a Columbo type. That would definitely be the uh, the vision I'd have for him. Um, Nigel, if you're asking, I wanted to be a sports psychologist originally before I got into the old journalism game. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure I wouldn't have made more money being a psychologist. Um, Paul M, is the Kit Kat launch, sorry, the Kit Kat, where have I got that from? Is the Kit launch video the cringiest thing you've seen in a while? We haven't touched on this, of course. We should mention this now. The uh, the video, obviously, features the names of, of legendary ex-town players and, and kind of titans of the English game, uh, and including the quote, BT Scoose and Burley. He says that was painfully funny. Welcome back, Stu, and love to your wives. Now, I admire the ambition with the video. I thought I thought the, the, the kind of idea behind the video was great, kind of putting town in the context of where they stand in the history of the game and obviously lifting the UEFA Cup 40 years ago and all that. But th- it was kind of laughable the way they shoehorned in current players into that list of all-time greats of the game, didn't you think? Yeah, I, I see what they've tried to do. Um in term in terms of like incorporating the history and the future. But just the line BT skews and burly. Um Yeah. It's not great. I like Cole Skews, but that is that's a spam sandwich. Yeah. And, um uh, yeah. What was it? Mar- Mariner Jackson. Yeah. Gates. <laughs> like Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I see what they've tried to do. I, and all in all, the whole campaign, actually, all in all, I really I really liked what they were, were able to do to launch this kit, given that they actually haven't got one of yeah. the shirts and they haven't been able to hold any kind of photo shoot or do anything on the timescale that they've been able to do. The whole, I think the whole thing was really good, but you know, it's a, li- a little bit cringy, isn't it? Yeah, that's obviously why they had the cartoon player mock-ups wasn't it because they couldn't because of covid they couldn't do the the usual player player shoots john nolan i think was particularly hard done by with the cartoon um <laughs> on on the cartoons um i'm reliably informed and i'm not going to say which one yeah 
though you might guess, one of the uh, one of the players may have made some requests to modify their appearance in the cartoon in post in post edit in terms of jawline. Oh, it's definitely uh, Luke Chambers, wasn't it? It was Chambers. Well, uh, like I said, I'm not going to say who, but <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, but apparently also the the um the sales, the first day sales, is in people who bought it immediately are really really strong. It's been it's been really popular. People have gone out and bought it and the shorts uh, at the earliest opportunity. So uh, it sounds like it's going to be a really good one for the club. I'm going to put a poll out about this because I don't believe people buy shorts. I don't I don't understand the point of it. So I, we're going to put a poll out. Um, after this, see who buys shorts, and if me and, me and Stewie are correct, whether Hutchie, the outlier, that the man. I, I don't deny that people do buy them because otherwise there must be a market. Otherwise they wouldn't sell them. But I can't quite get my head around why you'd pay twenty five pounds for some replica shorts. Mm. Let's just. I want to. I want to be clear here. I I would not pay twenty five pounds for a replica pair of shorts. And I would buy them when they're in when they're in the sale, just to kind of wear about. I quite like them for that. I'm not suggesting that I would spend twenty five pounds on a pair of very lightweight shorts with no pockets. Glory days artwork. Our old friend Brad, um, who's celebrating his first anniversary and had a, an excellent first year of of, uh, of producing what he does. Some excellent artwork. I particularly enjoyed Brad. The Bruce Lee picture recently was fantastic. Anyway, Brad says, I love the new kit. The old badge is what I grew up seeing, and it just seems more Ipswich to me. Let's hope it brings us luck. And then he asks, how is Tristan Nydam getting on? I've always rated him as a player. Could he be our left back this coming season? Hutchie, Tristan Nydam is a kind of forgotten man. Yeah. Um, how's he getting on? He broke his obviously broke his ankle in July, so he's coming up for a year. And it was quite a bad break. So he's coming up for a year post that. So I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know specifically how he's getting on, but he, I know he's back. So he was back doing some running and stuff. So hopefully, hopefully uh, not too far away when things get going again. I prefer him as a midfielder still than a left back. If I'm honest, he can still play. He can play there. We've seen him play there very briefly and he looked okay, but I still think he's a midfielder. Yeah. Yeah, I think from the various positions that we've seen him play, I think he, he looks better suited to that central midfield role with the sort of tenacity and um, technique as well. But they're so well stocked in central midfield. There's there's just far too much traffic in the way for him. So with that in mind, I think last year he was very much being looked at as sort of competition for the left-back slot. My reading was it, that they signed Garbutt to play as a left winger because that's where he'd finished the previous season in form for, for Oxford. That's where he started the season. That's where his best form came, Luke Garbutt. So I know there's a clamour for Ipswich to sign Luke Garbutt, but I, I, I don't know if I'd be falling over myself to sign him as a, as a left-back. I think you know he, his form dipped when he moved back to, to left-back um, along with others. But yeah, I mean, which would leave you with, with Kenlock and Nydam as your as your left-back option. So he can play left-back, Nidam. Um, he certainly, even though he's sort of um, not the biggest, he certainly fights above his weight. Um, he's, he's, he's pretty scrappy. So, um, yeah, I, I, like you say, he's a forgotten man. When him and Downs kind of both broke through at the same time, I would say that Nidam was probably 
ahead of him at, at the time in terms of sort of where he was at. Um, he was taking a lot of set pieces. I remember he came into the team at 17, 18. They were putting him on corners and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it would be good to have him back. Ollie Fayez wants to know, if you could go back in time and tactically furlough an Ipswich player for one month, making them unavailable for selection, who would you choose and when? I'm assuming he's meaning across all of time and not just the past season. Hutchie, this sounds to me like a question that's got your name on it. You can tactically furlough a player for a month so they're not available. Who would you choose and when? For his own, well, I'm, I'm going to go for this season, actually. Um, for his own good, I would have furloughed Toto and Ciala for, for, <laughs> Ju- for, for July of last year. Great shout. Because, because he'd ended the season, the championship season, well. Um, he played really well in the final game against Leeds. He was likely to be an opening day starter. But if I could furlough him for the, probably for the whole of July, he's still allowed to do fitness work on his own, right, while he's furloughed. Absolutely, yeah. So he would he would be on furlough and he would not have suffered a hamstring injury um, while in Germany during that. And he would have been back for August to play in that opening day. So... Toto, you can have the month off for July and then who knows if he'd been able to to have his pre-season, be fit, feel confident, start in their team for his own good. He may well, his, his Ipswich story may well have been a bit different. As it was, his season was an absolute nightmare. But mm. um, for his own good, yeah, I'd, I'd furlough, furlough Toto from last July. Stewie, you got anyone to throw in the pot? You could have similar arguments about sort of avoiding injuries with the benefit of hindsight, but I think probably Vincent Young and Norwood both needed furloughs and probably not even with the benefit of hindsight. You know, they knew about Norwood's injury. They knew he was playing, in in his own words, on one leg. Yeah. Um, you know, was had played a lot of football and um, I think they probably pushed him in the red zone a little bit too much um, around the time of that that first was he had two lots of surgery, didn't he? Vincent Young as well came, came back very quickly. Um, maybe if you'd have given them a little bit more time off, um, things might have been different last season. Superb. couple more questions. Harry Butcher, friend of the show. It's not, it's not a question, it's a statement. He just says, never leave against you. There you go. <laughs> um, but, but, but Harry's been quite vocal in the fact that, that Hutchie is his favourite. So I don't know how sincere that is, I've got to say. Um, Right, a couple more questions. One from Jax Larder. Yes, Jax Larder, friend of the show, Jax Larder. He says, probably a bit late. What do you think would have happened if there was a team from League One or Two still in the FA Cup? Um, they'd have had to have played it, but it would have been interesting if they'd have been a one that had voted against the restart, but then, yeah. but then still played. Um Good question. They would have, they would have had to have played, wouldn't they? Um, I imagine that would have changed the way they voted as well. Would have been very interesting indeed. Right then, final question because this is a good one from Peter Dwerryhouse, who, uh, who normally obviously asks questions about um, death and disaster. Oh but this is this is a good one. Um, he says, "You meet your fifteen-year-old self, and you're allowed to say three words. What do you say?" I'd say a lot to my 15-year-old self. I'm not sure three words would be enough. 
sort your sort your hair out would probably be number one. Um, That's four. I know. All right, <laughs> you can turn the doctors back, can't you? Um, I, something along the lines of uh, follow the money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't essentially don't get into journalism. Um, do something else with your life because uh, you'll be you'll be more well off. Which at the end of the day is uh, is good. How about you, boys? Uh, stop worrying, dude. Oh wow, deep. Were you a big worrier, Stu? Uh, just yeah. You you kind of whip yourself up into like you, if you don't get your GCSEs or your A levels or whatever, your your whole world's gonna fall apart. And um, I did anyway. I, I was uh, you know I put a lot of pressure on myself in in various walks of life. I just uh, the benefit of hindsight. Don't, don't worry about it. Chill out. That's a good one, Hutchie. Um. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to work out how I can phrase, put more effort into my dissertation into <laughs> into into three. I can't even remember what it was on. That's that. But I I know I didn't put enough effort into it, and that let me down in my final university grade. Not that it really mattered. Um. You know what? I probably wouldn't change it. Change an awful lot. So I'd probably go similar similar lines to Stu. Just don't overthink it. Nice. What what a nice way to finish my old bag. James Johnson finally just double J J money and just wants to make sure that we talk about Wolfenden, which obviously we have done. James and he says I'm going to listen to it later at work. So hopefully you enjoy that, boys. It is super can I, sad. What? Can I just chuck another one in? Another one. I would say talk to girls. <laughs> just like again that when you when you're 15 how much do you build that up to be and now i'm i'm 35 and i'm bald yeah. and uh, that ship you know happily married that ship has well, well and truly sailed you have a, a very small window where uh women will find you you don't realize that you they are your sort of peak time for, for looks <laughs> and interest um mate Tell yourself to make the most of that is what I would say. There you go. An important message to any uh, any any fifteen year olds out there. As you were, <laughs> boys. It's Super Saturday this weekend, as we've already established. What what have we got on the agenda, Stu? Obviously, you're now back working after your, your two and a half months off. Um, although not this weekend. And, and Hutchie, you're off next week, so you've got you've got some well deserved time off. Anyone got any plans? First of all. Who's booked in for a haircut? Obviously not you, Stu, and I don't mean that as a shot, but um, I, I'm I'm booked in next Wednesday for my first uh, haircut post-lockdown. Hutchie, what about you? No, no haircut on the horizon. Um, You're just letting it grow? You're going feral? No, my, my wife did it fairly recently, actually. That's oh, okay, all right. cool. <clears throat> yeah. So have you, got yeah. Anything, have you got anything coming up, given the, uh, the easing of lockdown on Saturday? Any plans? No. I actually no nothing at all. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stewie, Stewie, you, how about you? Um, I haven't actually told you this yet, but we're heading down to uh, we're going to get down to the in-laws in in Cornwall now that the uh, restrictions have eased. So I will be working oh. remotely from uh, a different location next week. Um, ah, okay, that's good because Andy's off next week. That'll be interesting. Hmm. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, good. So, boys, that, that brings us to the end of the show. The Doctor is back in the building, and it's great to have him back. I hope you enjoyed 
listening to Stu's dulcet tones back on the podcast. Whatever you're doing this weekend, enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Do social distance. Remember, after you've had four pints, there is still a pandemic on. Um, So have a great week, and we'll speak to you again next week. From true crime to football, Brexit to postal. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.